Hi guys, my name is Lena and uh, I am thrilled to be with you again. We are in uh, the end of a series uh, we've been doing together on this podcast in the uh, study of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, just want to let you know about myself. I am a pediatric emergency room doctor and uh, author and Bible teacher. Um, basically, uh, jack of all trades. <laughs> but um, mostly I'm a person who loves Jesus and his word. And I uh, have made it my ambition to know Christ and to study His Word. And uh, these podcasts are just a chance for us to spend a few minutes every couple of weeks uh, digging into God's Word. And so if you're uh, searching for answers in life, I, I think you might find them here. And if you um, have been listening for a while, thanks. I, uh, I might have heard from you in an email at some point and uh, appreciate that. Uh, now, uh, we have literally today and one more lesson in the Gospel of Mark. And we'll be done with the series. If you've missed it, you want to go back and listen to it, free to do so. Uh, iTunes keeps the lessons up until, you know, we just keep rotating through. And next week I'll tell you, or next time we, we talk, I'll tell you what I will be doing next. I, I'm pretty excited about my plan for the summer. And uh, um, in the meantime, we are going to go to Mark chapter 14. And this is a really full uh, chapter. Uh, our study, just to bring you back, you know, up to speed in case uh, you have short-term memory loss, as I sometimes do, we're uh, called the study, Jesus is better than anything. What is it that you think is the best, most awesome thing in the world? Uh, Jesus is better than that. What, what, you know, is it a relationship? Is it, a, is it a job? Is it a dream? Jesus is better. And uh, I, I hope that uh, you've kind of got a feel for that. Uh, we are coming, though, to the apex, to the acme, kind of, of the life of Jesus. He's about to go to the cross, and we're catching him now at Passover. And next week, uh, or next time we meet, we'll do chapters 15 and 16, which is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But for today, uh, I'm not going to be able to read you the entire chapter like I did last week, but I think we'll pick up some general themes. And uh, I, I love today's teaching. I really do. I called it Better Through Suffering. And most of us here to work suffering, and we want to run the other way, because we just don't want suffering. We'd much rather a easy Christianity that excludes suffering, but we will see that Jesus himself, our Savior, had to go through suffering, and that he learned obedience, is what we're told in Hebrews, through suffering. The captain of our salvation learned obedience through suffering. Think about that. And so, uh, he uses suffering in our lives, and we're going to look at uh, uh, some themes related to suffering in today's chapter, Mark 14, and we're catching it two days before the Passover. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus goes over, uh, I'm just picking up here, my eyes are on the text, uh, verse 3, while he was at Bethany, the house of Simon the leopard, um, not the leopard, the animal, the leper, the uh, uh, person maybe who had been healed, because if he was a leper, he couldn't uh, be around people. But now he was there. Anyway, he was reclining at table, and a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment, thought to be Mary, by the way, in uh, John, and uh, I think maybe Matthew, um, the story is told also. And she bra breaks this flask of very pure, very costly ointment and pours it over Jesus' head. So they're having a party. Everybody's being proper, and this woman comes out of nowhere, breaks this expensive stuff, you know, ointment over his head, and washes, um, you know, basically anoints Jesus. And so some around, some were indignant, and said, why was the ointment, Judas was one of the ones who asked that question, why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. And um, there was a lot of money in that day. Um, and then Jesus said to her, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a beautiful thing for me. 
For you always have the poor with you, and wherever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So, in, in, in the first couple of verses of the chapter, I didn't read, but basically the plots to kill Jesus are increasing. They're looking for ways to kill him. And now, in verse 9, which I just read, he, Jesus himself says, truly I say to you, I'm sorry, in verse 8, he says, she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. So Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows that in a matter of hours, he will be on a cross Dying for the sins of the world. And so the first plan, point that I put in, in, in the lesson today is this. God's plan is for us to endure suffering. Our, God's plan is for you and me to endure suffering, just like Jesus did. This was, this was not a surprise that Jesus would suffer. It was not an accident. It wasn't plan B. This was plan A, ordained, preordained from before the beginning of time. Certainly, Jesus knew that about himself. Multiple times, he spoke of his upcoming death to his disciples. He walked into the, his crucifixion, not as a trap that was laid to him, but in John, it says that he laid down his life. It was not taken away from him. He laid it down. And so, so this is critical, because I think we kind of look at suffering as like an inconvenience, about a bad luck that might have happened to us on the way to heaven, when in fact, God's plan, his preordained plan for us is to endure suffering. Uh, James 1 talks about how we should consider joy when we uh, go through trials. Romans 5 talks about how our, our character grows and our hope becomes firmer through suffering. And uh, those are just some examples of some verses about the power of suffering. God wants us, you and me, to endure suffering. The cross was always part of the deal and suffering is never wasted. This is amazing. This concept, so even this woman, so th this interaction that happens, you know, we're kind of in this preface. You ever remember when Harry Potter was written and Star Wars, and then you always get the prequel, but after the story, you get the prequel. This kind of, this little encounter between Mary and Jesus and Simon, you know, it's almost like a prequel to the, to the, to the crucifixion. But what she's doing is, is huge. When she breaks that ointment, that expensive costly ointment over the head of Jesus, there's a lot of symbolism going there. Basically, she's anointing, uh, the to have these rituals of anointing the head of the priest and so um, she's really declaring that he is the Messiah she believes that he's going to be dying for her sake and uh, um, uh, here's a commentary I was looking as priests were anointed this is in keeping with the fact that Christ was a royal priest and was about to make atonement for his people and this act that Mary does is just has a has a, a divine element to it that, that's, that's beautiful and so I love the story there's so many applications we could do on this but let's keep moving because we want to get through this uh, chapter so God's plan is for us to endure suffering that's the first thought and then this God's plan is for us to overcome suffering this is this is awesome because okay we're on okay we're like I can endure suffering I need to somehow get through it and to consider joy and to bear you know bear in it and but, but no no Christ's plan is even more it is to overcome suffering and I jotted down here verses 10 through 21 uh, let me see. So, so verse 10 and 11, Jesus is trying to kill Jesus. And then we get to verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, they when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? So he sends them over to the upper room uh, that's being prepared for them. So they go to the city and uh, exactly what he tells them happens. And then evening comes and, and he gathers the 12 and then they have this last supper. 
uh, so many paintings have been made of the Last Supper. And uh, we are now in verse 18. Jesus says to them, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. So they began to be sorrowful and to say to him, one after another, is it I, is it I? And he says to them, it is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not yet been born. And, uh, uh, and, and and so so basically, God's plan is for us to overcome suffering. Uh, what He does here is to is, is and I jotted down these thoughts. Betrayal is expected. Uh, it was not a surprise to Jesus that Judas would turn on him. He knew it. He predicts it. He tells him, and 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 listen. And it hurts. Betrayal hurts. This is a form of suffering when your friends betray you, when those closest to you. Um, just turn on you. And how many of us have not experienced this sort of pain? So betrayal is expected. We should not be surprised when it happens. It happened to Jesus. It will happen to you and me. And God will use it and he will give us the strength to overcome the suffering. And in this case, the suffering of betrayal. You say, how is it overcome? Um, well, betrayal is overcome with love and with forgiveness. With love and with forgiveness. And so we really sense that in the verses 12 through 21. I, I don't know about you, but you can feel the compassion that Jesus has towards Judas. Instead of hollering at him, instead of kicking him out of the dinner and saying, you evil man, you're, you're after me. You, you think I don't know about you. No, no, no. Jesus loves him. Never really even gives him up. I mean, he, this interaction happens in front of his disciples, but they kind of miss it. They don't get it. But Judas knows and Jesus knows. And, and there's an underlying love and forgiveness, um, even though Judas never really reciprocates in that. And he goes through the betrayal, as you know. But but we overcome, and we're able to, first because of the example of Jesus, but more because of the resurrection of Christ. He's given us, uh, in his love for us, in his death on the cross for us, he takes the hit for us. And in that act, gives us the ability to be free to love others. So uh, that is mind-boggling. There's um, so much in Scripture written about forgiveness. Um, but I, I just want us to kind of let this truth of, who Christ is, and just his love and mercy and compassion for us. And um, just want it to settle on you. And just let this, read these verses and let the Spirit of God move in you. And as you think about the suffering that you might be enduring right now through betrayals, through hurts, um, are you surprised by them? Are you angry about them? Or are you able to lovingly forgive those who have hurt you so deeply? You know, some of the uh, worst pain uh, of betrayal in our lives come from those we expected to happen from the least, you know, the greatest pain comes from where we expected the least, and often comes from uh, those closest to us, family members, and, and I'm going to pick on the church, on church members. I, I find that so many of our wounds happen uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and so many of us act like we're so shocked by that, but really, um, should we be shocked, or should we rather understand that, that hurt happens, and it's uh, part of our sinful nature, and yet somehow, because of Christ's resurrection, uh, because he was willing to go to the cross, we are able, like he did with Judas, to extend that same mercy and love towards those who have hurt us. Uh, so the God's plan is for us to endure suffering, and it is for us to overcome suffering. And then this God's plan is for us to remember the meaning of suffering. Uh, there's a reason for suffering. God doesn't take joy in allowing us to suffer. He allows it, but he has a purpose in it. So in verse 22, it says, As they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it a symbol of the breaking of his body, and gave it to them and said, Take, 
This is my body. And he took a cup and we had given thanks. He gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And uh, here, right there in those verses, he gives us the meaning of suffering. That there is a breaking, but that out of this brokenness comes life. And all of the brokenness that you and I endure in this life uh, is leading to life. You trust me, God will take our broken, burnt up ashes and will turn them into something beautiful. And some of my favorite verses in scripture are in Isaiah chapter 61. We're told, I'm going to read here. These verses are amazing. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is uh, God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He goes on to say, uh, to, to describe, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. That this happened, my friends, this this ability to turn our sadness into joy happened because of the suffering of Christ on the cross. He was because of his resurrection, he's able to turn around our pain and make it joyful. And so the meaning of suffering is so symbolically described with the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the wine. He was just really showing here this is why I'm going to the cross. Is because there's more happening here. There's life that's going to come out of this pain. And so maybe you're going through suffering right now, and you might not be, you know, you're not going to die on the cross. Jesus did that for you. But in your suffering, somehow God is going to use the pain and the loss that you're feeling in your suffering and make something beautiful and good out of it. I, I, I work in an ER, so I'm constantly um, aware of that. I see families who come in with utter brokenness and pain and, and bad news and and I'm able to watch and see the redemptive process even in those disasters. You know, obviously not always there are some people that uh, allow the suffering to break them and, and, and to destroy them because they refuse to see God's hand in it. Uh, but inevitably, as you see that every good thing and every difficult thing in your life is first goes through the sieve of God's hand so that nothing touches you that he hasn't permitted. And that changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? All of a sudden, uh, this level of trust, as you trust God uh, uh, to use the suffering, and I think to help you overcome in your suffering, I think we're able to see meaning in the suffering. And every follower of Jesus ought to be able to see meaning in suffering. Uh, Maybe not in the moment, but certainly um, sometimes in hindsight, or certainly... Uh, by the help of someone who might come alongside you. Uh, I can tell you, in my life, it's, it's been at church when I hear preaching about suffering and reminders in sermons, maybe podcasts that I listen to, where God reminds me, Lena, here's why you're going through this difficulty. It might feel like a lot of pain right now, but just like I explained to the disciples what the breaking of bread means, but here, let me explain to you what, what, what you're going through. And, and kind of helps me frame, you know, put some framework around of, of the difficulties and the pains that I'm going through. And it makes the world of difference to me to understand that God is not against me, that he is indeed for me, and that he loves me and is working out all things for my good. So God's plan is for us to endure suffering, to overcome suffering, to remember the meaning of suffering, and then God's plan is to redeem our suffering. This is awesome. He wants to redeem our suffering. This is verses 26 through 31. When they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But then here's beautiful words. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. He's saying, Look, I'm going to die. It's going to be awful. But here's the good news. I'm going to resurrect. 
I'm going to raise up again. And then I'm going to go before you into Galilee. And, uh, of course, Peter, you know, argues with Jesus and tells him that he was going to be okay. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Now, I like the, the conversation that Jesus has with Peter elsewhere. Where he says to him, uh, and this is one of the other Gospels, where he says, uh, but, but I'm going to use this. He says to him, even this is going to be used. You're going to come back and you're going to strengthen the brethren. And uh, there's such promise, even in, 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 in the midst of, of, of the failure that, that Peter's about to encounter. So let's hold on to that thought for a minute. But God's plan is to redeem our suffering. He does it by his resurrection. He knows you and I are going to suffer. He tells Peter in this context when he's having a conversation with Peter. First of all, he tells all of the disciples, you are going to abandon me. It's going to happen. You are going to fail. It's going to be awful. It's going to be suffering. And then he isolates Peter. He says, Peter, this is going to be even more painful for you. And he knows that this is going to happen. He's not surprised by the suffering that happens in our life. But his plan has always been and continues to be for the resurrection to change everything. The resurrection doesn't just change things for Peter. It changes things for you and for me as well. Because he rose from the dead, he's overcome suffering so that even in the midst of the pain in our life, we're not coming at it wondering, God, am I going to get through this? No, no, no. We know we're, we're already through it. Now we just have to remember those things that we're going through pain. We can understand that Christ, you've already defeated the evil one. So as painful as this is, I know that you're using it to strengthen me for a season. And then it's going to pass. And I want to see the fruit of that. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes I want it to pass quicker than it's passing. But always, God's timing is perfect. So, um, let us go on. i got a couple more points here and we'll be done. So, uh, the, next plan, the next point is this. God's plan, we're talking about, get, by the way, getting better through suffering. Started with the idea of God's plan is for us to endure suffering, to overcome suffering, to remember the meaning of suffering. And then to re- he wants to redeem our suffering. And then point number five, God's plan is to teach us how to grow through suffering. So we all hear about how, you know, he, he's, we're supposed to grow through suffering. We're supposed to grow through suffering. You say, how? Well, he does it for us. In verses 32 um, through 42, 10 verses, this is the prayer at Gethsemane. So Jesus takes Peter, James, Peter, James, and John out for a prayer meeting. And you know the story, maybe you've heard it before. Peter, James, and John fall asleep, but Jesus does not fall asleep. In fact, he has an extremely painful prayer service with God. I mean, he prays to his father. Uh, he's so distressed that um, we're told in one of the Gospels that his he sweated blood. That's how distressed he was, knowing what was to come. And uh, I'll read you verse 36. And he, well, he says to them, My soul is very sorrowful, in verse 34, even to death. Remain here and watch. Uh, he asks them just to stay up. Like, your best friend is going through extreme difficulty, and you, like, shut the phone on them. <laughs> That's what they do. And he's like, just stay on the phone. Just just watch. And um, he, in the meantime, falls on the ground and prays. He says that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. That's his desire. That's his prayer. Please, God, remove this cup from me. He says, yet, not what I will, but what you will. This right here is surrender, right? I'm writing it down right now over that surrender. This is surrender. God, I don't want this. I want you to remove it. But yet, not my will, but yours. I trust you to do the right thing. I'm submitting my will to yours. You say, God's plan is for us to grow through suffering. Do you want to know how? Well, you do it the same way Jesus did it. You submit to God the Father, even if the outcome and what's happening isn't what you want. You trust 
that this father loves you so much and he's going to work it out for good. And so uh, Jesus teaches us by his example. He teaches us through his prayer and he teaches us by his silence in, um, well, later on in, in verse 61, I put a reference there when they, um, they attack him and he makes no answer. Uh, that is how he endures suffering. He, he is quiet when attacked. And uh, jot that down, verse 61, when Pilate comes at him, uh, he says, have you no answer? What is it that these men testify against you? He remained silent and made no answer. There's a time to speak and a time to say nothing. And Jesus certainly knows that the time to speak is the time that you're speaking in prayer to the Father. And the time to be quiet is when uh, people are attacking you and they're not really looking for the right for any answer. They just want you to react. And I'm really good at reacting usually, uh, but... but uh, but that, that gets us nowhere. That just causes you to lose uh, your testimony and the power of your impact. Oh, that more of us would find the strength to be quiet uh, when when we're being we're being demanded to give an answer. So so Jesus, uh, you know, he uh, uh, he shows us. I mean, this is this is God's plan is to teach us how to grow through suffering. He gives us His Son to show us this is how it's done, and uh, Jesus comes back to His. Um, disciples and says, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we can talk so much about that, about how often we want to do the right thing, but we don't. And the reason we fail is because we don't pray. And uh, goes back again, prays and comes back and they're sleeping. And he says, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now, the difference between Jesus and the disciples is that he is ready since he has prayed and has submitted and has surrendered. And so when he enters his suffering, he's, he's mentally and spiritually and emotionally ready for it. Uh, most of us, the problem with us is we're not ready for the suffering that comes our way because we have not taken the time to surrender our wills to the Lord in prayer. How different would our lives be if we did that on a daily basis? Get up in the morning. And submit to God. God, you know what I need. You know when I need it. Now, I I don't want today to be hard, but not my will, but yours be done. God, I don't want to walk through this fire, but not my will, but yours be done. God, I want things to be easier, but not my will, but yours be done. So, uh, we want to be better through suffering. Here's the last point I want to give you. God's plan is to use our suffering for good. God's plan is to use our suffering for good, for our good and his glory, if you want to be nitpicky. And here, um, uh, I'm going to skip a few verses. Uh, Judas turns Jesus in. He's taken before the council. And then let's go down to verses 66 through 72. This is where Peter betrays Jesus. So Peter's in the courtyard, and the servant girl sees him. She converses with him. She accuses him, you're with the Nazarene, Jesus. Jesus, meanwhile, is being beaten. <laughs> and Peter's warming himself, seeking comfort. Always looking for the easy way out, the comfortable way out. Isn't that how we are wired to? And so he denies it. And three times, of course, just like Jesus predicts, before the rooster crows twice, he denies him three times. And he um, immediately, verse 72, the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. He was broken at that point. He put it all together and, and was devastated and would have almost been out of it except for grace, except for Christ. So God's plan is to use our suffering for good. Failure hurts, yet somehow God uses our worst failure for his glory. 
and he redeems our most difficult circumstances for good. He plans to show us his grace even in our weaknesses. Jesus was not surprised that, that Peter denied him. He predicted it. He also predicted that Peter would be guarded and that he would come back and, uh, uh, and uh, strengthen the brethren, which is indeed what Peter ended up doing. So Peter fails miserably at the end of this chapter where Jesus, we, there's such a contrast to Jesus who had um, walked through hell and Peter who had warmed himself fire. And one is completely beaten and yet strong. And then he's the other one who is seeking his comfort and yet is completely broken. One who had spent the time in prayer submitting to God, the others who were too tired to stay awake, and uh, it is night and day. And yet because of Christ, because of what he did, you and I are able to uh, look at this chapter and consider suffering in our own lives and understand that we can be better through suffering, not because of us, but because of his grace, because of his goodness, because of his love, and because of his sacrifice. And so uh, I think um, these, the, you know, the Gospel of Mark, we're talking about how Jesus is better, and we see him better in every way. We see him better in love, we see him better in victory, we see him better in suffering. And yet he is our faithful high priest, and he is our brother and our savior, and the one who longs to give us victory as we go through suffering. So I don't know what you're going through today, but I know that uh, Christ knows, and I know that um, Christ is for you. and He's given us everything we need for life and happiness. And so let us um, pray, let us um, wake up and um, stay awake. Uh, let us seek for ways um, to come out victorious as God gives us the ability to do it. And so I'm going to leave you with this. There's a lot to think about today. Next week we'll finish up the Gospel of Mark and then we will start a new thing. So if you want to email me or connect with me, go to livingwithpower.org or uh, another great website for you to look at right now is uh, iamresolved.org. This is the website for my new book that came out recently. The book is called Resolved, 10 Ways to Stand Strong and Live What You Believe. I hope you have a copy. And if you don't, you ought to get one. It's an awesome book. There's a free 10-week DVD study you can, you can get when you get the book. You'll find all the information on iamresolved.org. In fact, you can download a free chapter if you're not sure if you should buy the book. iamresolved.org. Uh, in the meantime, be in prayer. Uh, seek the Lord. Ask him to give you strength and know that you are loved and being prayed for even now. So God, go with us this week. We ask for your mercy and your strength as we go through our, these difficult days, trusting you, the one who went before us and showed us the way to do it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. See you next week.